Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm going to be looking at a few verses in Matthew in a few moments. Um, so if you want to turn to Matthew 6, so we're, we're ready to look at those, that would be great. Um, I'm going to read out of one of our large print Bibles, but there are both large print and smaller print over at the back of the church there. We're going to look at um, Matthew 6, verses 19 on in a couple of minutes, and that's on page 971 um, to, to sort of help you, help you find that. But before we actually look at um, those verses, um, I want to um, tell you about um, a cover that appeared on um, the September 2020 um, magazine called Forbes. It's an American magazine, um, and it featured the picture of a man called Chuck Feeney. And the caption underneath it was this, exclusive, the billionaire who wanted to die broke is now officially broke. And inside the magazine, there was an extraordinary story of an 89-year-old man who was actually the co-founder of the American retailer Duty-Free Shopper, uh, Duty Shoppers in 1960. And over the years, he had made an absolute fortune. And he lived in monk-like frugality. And as a philanthropist, can hardly say that word, philanthropist, he pioneered the idea of giving while living. And that promotes spending money on charitable causes while you're alive, rather than for those that are very rich, funding something after you've died. Over 40 years, he anonymously donated more than eight billion dollars to charities, to universities, to foundations, and so on. And in this interview, he said, I see little reason to delay giving when so much good can be achieved through supporting worthwhile causes. Besides, it's a lot more fun to give while you live than give while you're dead. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Apart from having a Catholic background, there's no evidence that the Bible influenced his thinking whatsoever. And I wonder today how the Bible influences our thinking and our actions when it comes to giving. So let's look at these few verses in Matthew's Gospel, which is headed up, Treasures in Heaven. So reading from verse 19... We read, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. As we think about what fresh generosity might look like in 2024, I'd like us to hold two questions in our minds. First of all, where do I find it easy to be generous? And secondly, where do I find generosity hard? You see, if I had a chocolate cake here, I would gladly give it away 
Now I've made you all feel hungry. Some of you are wishing I had a chocolate cake here and I had given it away. But my boots, yeah, that might be a bit harder. Generosity is more than our money and what we own. And so we're going to do a little quiz. And it's a really simple quiz. It's just put a hand up if you want to answer yes to these questions. And I'm going to just, oh, I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm just going to ask you to do this fairly speedily. So if you have money in your purse, will you be able to spend it right there on gifts to friends or relatives? Would you spend it right there? Fab. Do you regularly say nice things to people just to cheer them up? Are you able to listen patiently to things that don't interest you? <laughs> Slightly fewer of us. Are you able to help the homeless? Would you give a lift to a stranger or somebody you didn't know very well? Are you happy for friends who suddenly get lucky in some kind of way? Do friends who are in trouble, <coughs> excuse me, turn to you for help? Do you tip high? Interesting. You're standing in a very long queue and somebody asks to skip to the front. Do you let them cut in? Yep. And now I'm going to turn it around. Put your hands up if you answer no to these two last questions. Do you avoid people who you think are going to want something from you? So if you, if you would not avoid somebody, you'd say no to that statement as your hand will go up. Well, isn't it confusing when somebody changes the rules? <laughs> And do you cross the road to do you cross the road to avoid potentially difficult conversations? Nah. Great. I think that some of you have got really tired arms because you've put your hands up and down to so many of those questions. But I wonder for some of us, how many of us wanted to say, it depends. Yeah, I, I thought so. It depends. And that's because we all have an internal value-ometer. That's not a real word. It's one I've made up. We all have an internal value-ometer, if we're honest. Most of us struggle to give without reservation. We categorize people and causes into worthy and less worthy. And we don't value our money and our possessions and our time equally. Some are more valuable to us than others. We have this internal valueometer that affects our generosity. And yet Jesus, in those few verses that we've looked at, asks us to hold lightly to what he calls earthly treasure. A literal translation of verse 19 would be, do not treasure for yourself treasures on earth. And I just want to pick up on two tiny um, points, as it were, um, in this verse. The first is about how we value what we have. Do we think we own what we have, or 
Do we think of ourselves as a steward of what God has given us? In other words, we're looking after what has come to us from God. Do we think what we have is ours or do we think it's his? Who's in control of the decisions that we make about what we have, us or him? That's the first challenge. The second challenge is to do with what treasure we're treasuring. Jesus says investing in stuff is temporary. It might bring us pleasure, but the pleasure fades. And there'll be all sorts of reasons for that. It might be that there's always something newer round the corner. Or maybe purchases add extra stress and pressure because they represent um, just one more thing that can get broken or can get stolen or needs looking after. The philosopher Henry David Thoreau says, the price of anything is the amount of life we exchange for it. In other words, we don't buy things just with money. We buy them with hours from our lives. So how much life do we invest in material things? Now, there's nothing intrinsically wrong in money, in making money, in owning stuff, in having a holiday, driving a car, or even upgrading what it is that we have. But Jesus challenges us to ask the question, where is our heart in all of these things? He kind of offers two ways of living. One is accumulating valuable things here, and the other is accumulating valuable things in heaven. And he says, you can't do both. The American preacher John Piper puts it like this. He says, if laying up treasures in heaven is the opposite of laying up treasures on earth, then it would follow that possessions on earth are not for accumulating, they're for distributing in ways that Christ is honoured and joy in heaven is increased. So when we think of treasure, what is this treasure? Well, it includes, obviously, our money. So could we give differently, maybe regularly, or gift-aided, and that way we receive a little bit of extra income from the tax man? Do we give at the end of the month when we look at what we've got left over or might we choose to give at the beginning of the month which makes giving a priority. Our treasure includes our possessions. Could we sell or give away stuff that we don't need or just buy less? Could we leave it longer before upgrading our car or our phone? I was out on a community street pastor patrol last night, and one of the team said that they'd been given the most beautiful coat with furry bits around the hood and on the, and on the sleeve. And she said it's quite inappropriate to give that to somebody who is sleeping rough. So she said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it on Vinted. I'm going to get as much as I can for that coat. And then I'm going to use the money I make to buy sleeping bags. That's a way of thinking about treasure and possessions. 
Our treasure includes our demeanour. And by this I mean our kindness towards one another. Could we think more positively about those who are different from us? Could we be more encouraging to those around us and less critical? And I'm going to take you back to about three weeks ago when we made some promises around this as our church covenant to think well and to be an encouragement to one another. Could we be braver towards those that need comfort, even if we don't know what to say. Our treasure includes our gifting and our experience. And I heard God speak to me about preaching when I was in church many, many years ago, reflecting on how much time I spent in my workplace and what I gave there. And just saying to God, I don't know how to use what I do there here in church. And he said, you can preach. It was dangerous thinking, but I've got no regrets. Our time. And for some of us, time is the most precious commodity we've got. But might we spend less time on social media and more time in prayer? Might we forego watching a Netflix drama and give some time during the day or the evening in serving God? Today's our joining in Sunday, as we've already said, and we're going to focus on what we can give by joining in. And it might be that we need to trust God a little more and adopt something of Chuck Feeney's attitude. It's a lot more fun to give when you, while you live. And as Jesus reminds us, it's, um, it is of heavenly lasting value. You never see a removals truck following a hearse. So giving, serving, praying. How can we influence somebody else's life? I still get um, the bulletin from my old church back in, um, back in Kent. And an elder from our previous church shared a story just in the last two or three days um, in their bulletin. And, and I've got permission to share it. I promised I wouldn't name names. So this friend of ours was watching a TV program about the Hotel Claridge's. Maybe some of you also saw it, um, the, the really posh hotel in London. And he was watching it with his father-in-law. The program partly featured the work of an artist called David Downton, who's been artist in residence at Claridge's since 2011. And he's an incredibly famous fashion artist. Our friend's father-in-law had been a brilliant art director who designed high-profile books for publishers such as Random House and the BBC. After the programme, which featured David Downton, our friend was helping his father-in-law, who I'm going to call John. He was helping John to bed because John has had Parkinson's for the last 25 years. From out of nowhere... John started to talk about David Downton and the role that John himself had played in David Downton's life. It turned out that John had come alongside David Downton when he was early in his career, was feeling really discouraged and was ready to give up. And so John invited him to illustrate a cookery book for him. It was a 
pivotal invitation in the life and the career of a man that was ready to let his brilliance go. Not even John's wife had a clue that John had had this involvement with this famous artist, uh, David Downton. And our friend left John smiling that night by reminding him of his ongoing global influence despite the current physical limitations that he has. Treasure in heaven. And our friend, in writing this bulletin article, concluded, our greatest life individually and as a church is when we give it away for the benefit of others. So I wonder, where might we be able to lay up treasure in heaven instead of using all of our time and our energy and our material worth simply for the here and now? So where do we find being generous easy? Might it be that God's calling us to offer a little more? Where do we find generosity hard? Because that might be where we need to be talking to God about this, asking God for a change of heart in those areas where we find it difficult to give things or our time or ourselves away. We're going to finish our service in a few moments, but I'm going to encourage you to reflect on those questions. Where do you find it easy? Where do you find generosity hard? And where might we need to pray for God to enable us to do things differently? And just as an encouragement to those of us that are older and think, I haven't got the physical energy, I haven't got the capacity to do any more, please do not underestimate the power of prayer. You praying for activities, committing to pray for one of our ministries makes all the difference. You're laying up treasures in heaven because the teams are able to do what they're doing with that prayer covering. So, your instructions. Do not collect your kids until quarter to twelve. Do not go for coffee because it is not going to be there until quarter to twelve. Do not leave this room because you're going to disrupt those that are giving their time and their energy at the moment. They're all the do-nots. Can I encourage you to do? <laughs> to have a look at the boards. To sense God's spirit in saying, I can do I can pray, I can support, I can encourage. And if you want to get involved in anything, uh, there are little cards here on the table. Please fill them out and pop them in this bucket here. And if you want to go away and think about it and have forgotten the details, um, if you've got a smartphone, you can put your camera on there. It'll take you to our website where you'll find all of the details of the opportunities around the room. So Lord, we ask that you would speak to us today. 
Help us to see where you want us to be committed. Lord, release us where we are overcommitted. But Lord, speak to those that are going to fill our space. Lord, release us from guilt because we don't feel we can give or do any more. But Lord, raise up others that can stand in the gap. We ask this because we're family. We ask this because we want to store treasures in heaven and not be all consumed by life on earth. For your glory, Jesus, for our benefit. Amen.